when you're that deep in addiction and that deep in, in depression and anxiety and mental health, you really lose the right to make your own decision. And so I needed proper guidance and direction and I needed something to be able to hold on to that was that was greater than me. And, and that was the moment for me. If you're anything like me, you probably have to turn off the news because it can be way too stressful at times. Actually, I don't really even listen to the news because it is so stressful from one sentence in. <laughs> With everything that's currently going on in the world on top of daily life stresses, it can all feel like it is piling up. You are not alone if you're feeling this. And the worst part is when our bodies experience stress and anxiety, it leads to a laundry list of serious health issues. And the longer we stay in that state, the worse it gets. Now, I can't remove these stresses from your life. That's going to be up to you. But what I can do is help you reduce that feeling of stress and anxiety with my free stress release visualization. Yes, I'm going to give it to you for free. I want to help you out. I do know that there's power in just listening to a visualization, following along to reduce your stress. I'm telling you, it'll take your stress from a nine, 10, all the way down to a zero, one or two. You have nothing to lose. The truth is stress begins in the brain and wreaks havoc throughout the whole body. It causes a whole slew of health issues if not taken care of. But in this visualization, we will speak directly to the brain to help rewire those feelings of stress and anxiety so that they slowly start to melt away, okay? So all you have to do is go to DanetteStress.com and you're gonna download this simple solution right into your phone, right into your inbox. So all you have to do is type in Danette, D-A-N-E-T-T-E, stress.com. Right now, go open up your browser, start putting this in. You'll put in your email. It'll go right into your inbox so that you can start living a more stressful, free life. I love you so much and you are worthy for this. Welcome to Manifestable. I'm your host, Danette May, and each week I will bring you epic guests and live coaching where you can come to receive profound breakthroughs, courage to break old patterns, and live into your soul's purpose. My mission is to remind people of their power and that they have the control to tap into their energy to achieve extraordinary things. Welcome back to Manifestable, where we teach you how to break old patterns and live into your soul's purpose. And today's guest was such an honor, and it was Jason Waller. Now, Jason is an addiction mental health advocate, but you might know him as the TV personality from MTV's wildly popular series, Laguna Beach and the Hills. Jason underwent a very public battle with addiction on TV, you guys, like, unbelievable. And after escaping death dozens of times, Jason decided to go into recovery in 2010 and realized that his life has greater purpose. He is also helping and direct and being a part of the Brain Foundation, and he's working with New York Times bestselling author, Dr. Daniel Amen. You guys, talking with Jason really opened my eyes to the power of energy, to the power of purpose, to the power of hope and that anything is possible for anyone. And I'm so excited to dive into this episode. Let's get started.
Hey, Jason, I tried not to say too much while they were trying to get tech going because I know sometimes juicy things can come up when it's not actually recording. And I wanted to just say, first off the bat, I actually never watched any of the shows that you were on. I didn't really grow up with a TV, but you have so much charisma coming out from the screen right now. I just want you to know that that is definitely felt and seen from you. So whatever you're doing, you are definitely emitting a frequency of love, a frequency of care. And I just wanted to read that reflection back to you because I was sitting here while they're kind of doing all the tech stuff and was feeling that from you and just felt called to share that reflection back to you. So I, I, I love that. Well, what an introduction. And I, I'll come back every day to get that type of warm welcome. So I really appreciate that. No, that's um, that means a lot to me. Yeah. Yeah, I want to ask you, what do you feel right now? Because maybe you feel like it's changing, but what is your soul purpose? What do you feel like your soul is trying to express in the world right now? To be a beacon of hope for those that are lost. Mm, Beautifully said, to be a beacon of hope for those who feel lost. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's the soul mission right now? That's where my heart is really is laying in this day and age. And this through, you know, I never knew that my greatest deficits would become my greatest assets. And looking back at all the trials and tribulations that I've gone through to be able to be open and be vulnerable and share those types of things and see how many people can actually relate and connect to them. You know, I feel like I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't. I believe everything happens for a reason. And God is is really kind of is, is laid this path ahead of me. You know, when I got out of my own way, a lot of this started to unfold and there's nothing, you know, greater than giving back and not looking for anything in return. Yeah, that is for sure. How much does, cause I was reading up about you and it sounds like you've had a lot of near death experiences, a lot. Some people yeah. have one and literally go, Oh my gosh, my life has so much meaning because how did I escape this death and you've had multiple. And let me ask you, how has that shaped you to be the man you are today? That's a very deep question. And I go deep good, right off the bat. <laughs> a very good one. I think I took life for granted. I don't think I know I took life for granted, especially at, at a young age and not really realizing how you know beautiful life is. And so that I think going through all those experiences, whether it was through suicide, car accidents, fights, you, you kind of name the the experience that was there. It really just kind of focuses back into the work that I'm doing now because it creates a sense of relatability and connectivity. But I definitely, I value life so much, even though I have a relationship with God. And I think this is just a blink while we're here. And I think there is, you know, life beyond this, but you know, I think everything has just served its purpose to do the work that I'm doing today. I mean, yeah. not to be redundant with the stuff that I'm saying, but it's like, it's all, it's all really come full circle for me. And, you know, I try to mitigate the pain and the suffering and others sharing what I went through so they don't have to go through it because I would never want to do what I did I, again. It was, I even say through my journey, you know, specifically with substances or, or alcohol or partying at first, it was, it was fun. It became a lifestyle and then it became a way of survival. And there was many years of that survival state. It was miserable, very lonely, isolated, depressing, anxiety filled state of being. And it was not a, a, a place to live in. And so 
I think just kind of looking at all of that, I try to bring it, bring that message back to those that you don't have to go through that. I want to speak and ask you questions because for anyone who's listening to this episode that may be in private or maybe even openly dealing with addiction, heavily dealing with anxiety and then doing different types of things to help combat that anxiety or that feeling of loneliness or that, I don't know, I'm just, I'm feeling into somebody listening who's like, I feel like a fraud. And so I'm just trying to mask it. I want to ask you some really vulnerable questions more for them than anyone Mm -hmm. so that they can feel not alone. But obviously you were a TV personality and you had, I don't know, how old were you when you started into TV? I was 17 years old. 17. Let's just kind of rewind. And I know we're playing kind of a guessing game, but do you feel that if you hadn't gone into TV, you might have gone down this addiction road? Or do you feel like it could have been from just this mission? There? No, you don't think so. It was TV. No, 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 no. I definitely, I'm pre-genetically disposed to addiction. Half my family struggles with addiction, regardless if I was on TV or not, Okay, it was going to happen. And I think the way I look at it now, I'm very grateful for, I mean, the TV stuff coming on and the appearances and all these different things. It just, it really added fuel to the fire and it allowed it to happen much quicker as opposed to like being more kind of, of a, a big bang. Yeah. Yeah. And again, there's the pros and cons. I mean, there's probably more cons to, to any of that. You don't want to have to walk through that type of stuff, but I am grateful that it wasn't a slow, long drawn out process. Now that I look back, I'm happy that it happened pretty quick. And I was able to get to that point much quicker had I not been on television and stuff. So it was there though. I struggled. I can even tell you, I I struggled with addiction way before I ever picked up the drink or the drug. Um, And I, after doing so much work and looking at my life and and doing still to this day, you know, seeing a therapist once a week and, and going back, I struggled at 13, 14 years old with severe OCD, which is obsessive compulsive disorder. I used to wash my hands until they would bleed. I'd have to put neoprene gloves on filled with neosporin as a young child, but on the other side, so I was living a double life at a very young age because in high school or even as in middle school, I was perceived as the cool kid. You know, I was athletic, was dating girls, kind of had everything going for, you know, somebody at that age. But internally, when I'd go home, I lived this whole other double life. And, you know, so having to go through that process and, and like not, and I, my parents did the best they could. I mean, I saw psychiatrists, I saw therapists, but at that age and given 20 plus years ago, I didn't know how to explain that or express what I was going through. You know, I just knew that I had this thing that I was dealing with and, you know, I got put on, on medication at a young age and I did not, after taking, put on the medication, I mean, medication is also a tool for people. It helps you mitigate the symptoms so you can actually do the work that you need to do. And I did not know that there was much more work. I thought I just took this medication and alleviated the symptoms and here we go. And fast forward, you know, it, it only did so much because I didn't do the deeper work. And then I come into contact with, with alcohol. And that's when it starts to alleviate all those symptoms of what was the real line issue, which was the, the, you know, the OCD, the depression, the anxiety, all the other things that came with it. Did you feel as a kid, did you have imposter syndrome at all? No, I didn't have. Have any of the, I, mine was really like, because I had a, an amazing childhood. I was growing up in like a, a really amazing home. Parents were still married today. I had that stability. I had that foundation. I was raised with good morals, good values. And and I really believe I had, uh, now knowing today, I mean, I really had brain health issues. I had things that were wrong that were neurologically out of balance. And so looking at that and understanding today, it was something that, again, was 
it's not like I asked for this stuff to kind of happen. It was stuff that developed in me. And again, as, as we are getting more knowledge and we have more research about these types of things today. And so I hear what you're saying, but no, that was not a, that wasn't a part of it. It was. I think this was, is important because I do know you're going to start working with Dr. Amen, which studies and scans people's brains. And I think it's important for someone to hear this, that sometimes you can even have these tremendous, amazing childhood and you already have this propensity towards it. So, and you're telling me right now that it was already wired that way within your brain. And that's what you're learning. And yeah. this can free a lot of people up. So this means there's hope. And obviously there's always hope. Always, always, always hope. That's the biggest message of all. But when did you discover that you, possibly your brain was contributing to all of this? And then you're like, oh, wait, if I just do this and this with my brain health, things, it makes it a little bit easier. Well, so after all these years, I mean, there's kind of two separate stories here now, which makes this even more interesting because there's like my moment of clarity with sobriety and, and that whole journey. But in the self-discovery and wanting to learn more and more about myself, there are some other things that came up. And so thanks. Speaking of Dr. Amen, after all these years, I actually did his show, Scan My Brain. And going back in, it was terrifying at first. I thought through all the damage, I was like, I was going to have a lot of a lot of issues with my brain, but everything turned out be, to be okay. But after him giving my uh, results, he basically looked at it and he goes, I think you had pandas, which is basically an onset from strep, which you can get, which actually attacks a certain part of your brain when you're young, if you have severe strep throat, which can cause OCD. Wow. And so after all these years and all the therapists, all the psychiatrists, all the treatment centers I went to, nobody had ever stated that to me. And so that was, and so I actually have testing to make, to go and see that, but it's being able to have a, you know, an understanding of the organ that's directly impacted. That's why I love the work that Dr. Amen does is to be able to really see what's going on within the brain. If we know that's the organ that's impacted, we should be looking at that. Right. And so that's a fascinating piece. And so it's helped me change and look at some of the onsets of all this stuff that's happened. But going back to the moment of clarity, which was like detrimental in my recovery journey, which happened back July 23rd, 2010, it wasn't this, it was, it was bizarre. And this is, this is after 12 different treatment centers from Florida to Hawaii, every state in between after multiple arrests, after not only contemplation, but attempting suicide. DUI, you name it. I kind of gone through the ringer at this point, but the moment of clarity for me was when I was sitting in the therapy office. Yet again, this has happened many, many times with my mom and my dad. And I'll never forget my dad. I've only seen him break down once. And that was when his mother was, his mother passed away. And he's like the patriarch of our family. And he looks across at me and he just goes, Jason, we don't know what to do anymore. Our marriage are just suffering. The family is at a complete loss. And mom and I are lying in bed every single night, like two planks of wood waiting for the phone call that you're dead. And I, there was nothing that was, I mean, we've had many meetings in these therapy sessions and, and there was nothing that really set this one apart, but for some reason, something registered and became very clear because you have to remember all the things that I just stated to you, plus, you know, not even wanting to live anymore. Like well, the motivation wasn't for me, but thank God for the family dynamic and the support that I had from them. They became my initial motivation. But that was where that onset really allotted me the opportunity to really surrender, to really be open, to really be to be open and honest, and to start to do the hard work. And after, you know, I'd say the initial five to six months of you know doing it for them, and that was my motivating factor. I really started to see a shift in my life, and it became something that I was wanting for myself. And then that 
dominoed and kept the momentum going for me to to be able to go down that road in recovery. But wow. that was the initial onset because it wasn't it wasn't something that I was like, oh, I got to go do this. And so because a lot of times you hear people say like, oh, you have to want to do it for yourself. And it's like when you're that deep in addiction and that deep in, in depression and anxiety and mental health, you really lose the right to make your own decision. And so I needed proper guidance and direction and I needed something to be able to hold on to that was that was greater than me. And, and that was the moment for me. Wow, that's powerful. I actually feel like it's interesting the power of someone else's love and conviction for someone and and how that can be a lifeline for someone that can't find their own. All right. How is your life since you've made this decision and you've done this hard work? What has transpired? Can you describe a little bit about the I know that life always has its ups and downs, but maybe talk a little bit about the hope and the magic that's happening for you from doing the work. I love that. I love focusing on on the solution and and the the joys that come out of it. And so, you know, when I was young, I, I grew up. I I loved life. I loved surfing. I loved skateboarding. I loved snowboarding. I loved being outdoors. It was a very outgoing and active person, and my addiction robbed me of all of that into isolation, into a very lonely, dark place. And I've been able to experience what I experienced when I was a little kid. I love life again. I like what I see in the mirror. I'm happy with who I am. I'm content with who I am. I'm comfortable in my own skin. You know, I'm accountable. I'm trustworthy. I'm a good dad. I'm a good husband. I'm a good friend. I help a lot of people. Uh, I give back. Uh, I think that's just, I think one of the, the common things I hear from a lot of people, which I am proud of, you know, they say, they say I have a very big heart. And so I have a life that I, I love and that I'm it's that it's worth living. Um, you know, I really have found a purpose. I have passion, I have motivation, and it's really become like as cheesy or, you know, as corny as this may sound, it's like my life is really I didn't ever expect it to be the way it is. You know, I didn't even think I was ever gonna make it past age like 25, 26 years old, even when I was like 17, 18. It's kind of the, the road I was going on, and it's truly a blessing. You know, it, it really is. It's it's a life that I am just so fortunate and, and and grateful to have. Yeah. Wow. So beautifully said. I want everyone to know that it's possible for them to have all the things that their hearts are feeling into and desiring. And it's possible wherever you're at on the road. And thinking about your intentions now and this state you're in now, this joy you're in now, this heart-centered space you're in now, Is there something that you're intending or we can use the word manifest, but this idea of intention or manifesting or creating that you are like when you go to sleep at night, are you thinking about something in particular? For me, I have a a big relationship with God. And for me, a lot of that comes down to prayer. And it's not that I have like one particular thought, but I turn it over to God and ask for his guidance and his direction and to utilize me as his vessel. And so the more that I've done that, and the more that I've entrusted in, in him and his process and, and what he has laid out for me, things have just come together and things are going really well. And so I'm just, I'm kind of on that journey. I mean, I just want to keep helping and impacting and, and letting people know that they're not alone. There's help out there, that there's, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And you know, I know that's kind of a long-winded answer of, of what you were stating, but there's not something like I, I think about or, or manifest. You just ask, you just say, use me the way you want to use me and open the doors that need to be opened. But then yeah. how, 
I want to ask you, how do you listen to what God is saying or how do you know what direction he's leading you in? That's a very good question. And so that is basically something that I do like in the reflection time that I take in the morning and at the, at night, this kind of the people that I connected with, the, the people that I'm meeting, the interactions and praying just like if these things are supposed to come to fruition, you know, show signs or keep that conversation with that introductory, keep it going. And also I, I listen to through prayer. I also, you know, listen to the intuition that I feel about something because I think one of the beautiful things is that I'm able to in the work that I do and and just the life that I live today, I meet a lot of really good people. I meet a, a lot of interesting people. And so it's connecting with like-minded individuals. And so a part of that too is, is you are a product of your environment. And so who you surround yourself with is naturally where things are going to go. And so I just really, through that prayer, through that process and the people that I'm connecting with is even just checking in with myself. And this is that somebody I want to continue connecting with, or is it somebody that's just, it's not the right time. And just being very intentional, I think, is is a big piece of where I'm at on a day-to-day basis. And so it's it's really check-ins throughout the day. That's amazing. And it makes me feel very honored that you would come on this podcast because I know your time, everybody's time is valuable. I mean, it's such a great asset we all have. And so you must have felt that alignment. And I do. My intention is that someone hearing heard what they needed to hear and felt what they needed to feel. But one thing you said, which kind of reminds me a little bit about my a little, I I don't know, his voice, his name came in my head was Michael Singer from mm. the Surrender Experiment or Untethered Soul, for right. those who don't know who Michael Singer is. Because you said, I turn things over to God. And for those who don't like the word God, I don't know, you can use source, you can use energy, a higher power, but turning over and asking. So you said some really key things. And I just want to, because I felt Michael Singer going like, ah, like excited because you were like, hey, I turn it over. And then in the morning and night, I get into some stillness of listening. Does this encounter feel good? Did this introduction feel good? Did this this pathway for this decision tomorrow feel good? Or maybe this meeting that's going to come up feel good and giving yourself that time, which Michael Singleman might talk about in meditation, but meditation can look like a lot of different things. It can look like stillness sitting in a chair morning and night. It can look like prayer. It can look like walking out in nature. It can look like sitting like a Buddha. It can look like a lot of things. And I think that's something that you mentioned, which I think is important to know that if you're not sitting like a Buddha, you can still be connecting to source because that's the intention is I'm connecting with source and stillness to hear, is this the right path? Thank you for leading me. I'm going to listen now. Well, that's, I mean, for so many years, I was so disconnected from myself. And so it's nice to be at that place to be in tune with with your body. I mean, and, and, and it's, if you can take that time to really process and go through those motions, a lot of the times, I mean, it's like we always heard, or just, you know, listen to your gut and it's, but it's taking the time to process that. And it's been, it's been very beneficial. It has. Yeah. All right. I'm going to ask something quite vulnerable. I don't know. It's coming through because I have a, a dear friend who's dealt with addiction mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if this is for everyone. They might feel this, but in kind of a vulnerable conversation, they told me that deep down underneath all the layers, they wonder if they'll relapse. 
And even though they're making good decisions and they have a relationship with God and they haven't in years and years, they still deep down wonder if that's part of the future or there's going to be a moment. Do you ever feel that? No, I don't. Because honestly, the way I I live my life is day to day. I mean, I, if I can't, I mean, a big thing that I you don't, do you is, don't look ahead. You're just day to day. So you, you're like, I got today. <laughs> I can make that t- decision today. You know, a big thing for me was, it was dwelling on the past and, and future tripping. And I literally try to live my life like in the moment as best I can. Obviously, trust me, I'm not perfect at it, but I don't really look at, at what's going on tomorrow because what I can do today is preventable. What's predictable. Yeah is preventable. I have a daily routine that I abide by because I know it's what's best for my recovery and consistency and structure creates safety. And it's something that I, like, I look at like for, for anybody that's listening, that's got, that's got kids. Like when my kids are on routine, when they wake up, they have their breakfast, they get their nap, they get their bottle. They, like, I mean, you just go down across the day. They, it tends to work out much better than if they're off their sleep schedule, if they don't get breakfast, if they don't like, so even when you look back from like the most simplistic ages of a one or two year old, consistency and structure creates safety. And so I know that for me and my program, again, is what I do to stay sober may be different than somebody else. And that's there's it's it's a very multifaceted disease and there's different approaches to it. I think that some of the foundations is similar, but what I do for myself is have that. I have my morning routine and I go through what I need to go through in the morning. I have my daily check-ins that I have throughout the day. And then even at the end, which is kind of like one of the most important things for myself is, is not only do I, I do an inventory of my day and, you know, the areas that I, you know, I fell short areas that I need to potentially make amends or make things right. But most importantly is identify the areas that I did really well. And so I can acknowledge the stuff that I did good throughout that day. But what that really does is it sets me up for an opportunity to have a clean slate going into tomorrow. And so like, that's, I kind of like box my book in my day. So it's like, when I wake up, I go about it and I kind of close out my day and then I have a fresh day and I start it over the next day. And that's basically, that's all we got. That's all we're guaranteed is if we wake up, you know? And so, so uh, especially in this day and age, life is precious and, and all the things that can be thrown at you, it's, it's living life to the fullest, to the best of your ability in, in the days that we have, you know? So good. I want to ref- Pete, what he said, consistency and structure creates safety. And so finding your routine, finding this uh, rhythm, just like a child. I love that because we all know those are the most (laughs) well-behaved, the ones that know what's happening in the next section of time and animals the same way. So we're all just on this path doing our best. And I appreciate you sharing so vulnerably and being here on the Manifestable podcast and For those of you who want to share this episode out, maybe someone needs to hear this message today. You know, we're all worthy and there is hope and your past really doesn't define you. And these decisions that have been made, the hurt that you feel you've caused, ultimately, we just need you today. And we need you to today and the past is the past and we just need now. So... Thank you so much for being on, Jason. Such an honor to talk with you. And if you have one last final word, you're welcome to share it. Like imagine if you were standing in front of a million people and you had one thing to share, one 
tidbit of information? Is there a message that you feel called to share? And you, that was your last message before you depart. I mean, first of all, thank you so much for having me. What great questions. And uh, I love how deep you go and, and, and just to be able to really create a sense of connectivity, you know, in regards to that question, I would just, I think for me, and again, as for those that are, you know, struggling with addiction and or mental health is, uh, you know, I just, I want to let them know that they're not alone and that there is a way out. There is a solution. Keep fighting. And there is light at the end of the tunnel. That's kind of, that kind of be my message. Okay. Beautifully said. Thank you so much for being on. We love you all so much. And thanks for joining us today on the Manifestable podcast. Thank you. All right, my friend, I really value you being a part of this podcast family. And I want to give you a gift for helping grow this podcast, because without you, this podcast would not be here. It would not be growing. And I'm going to have you play along with something. If you love this episode, you love the other episodes, go take a minute and leave a review, an honest review right now. Just go into Apple Podcasts, just leave a review. I think you can do it on Spotify as well, wherever you're listening. And then what you're going to do is you're going to go to my Instagram. Go to my Instagram at the Danette May and you will see the most recent Instagram post. In the comments of that post, you're going to share what you got from this episode just briefly. Like, what did you love about this episode? We're going to tie your review with that comment in Instagram. And we're going to send a few of you lucky people product that is valued over $50. So we're going to send you some Earth Echo product valued over $50 just for taking a minute to leave a comment in the last Instagram post as well as leaving a review, honest review about this podcast. I love you. And we're doing this together. We're growing this podcast together. We're growing. We're hearing one another. I love you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.